0: With the flow of God. And I thank God that we have a praise and worship team that, that is moved and, and that follows the Holy Spirit. That at a moment, they'll change the song or they'll change the, 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 very essence of what they're singing. Why? Because praise and worship gets into the atmosphere. Changes the very atmosphere of where you are. Changes the very atmosphere of where you at, where you're at. So praise and worship is so, so important. Amen. Amen, amen. So we we thank God for our praise and worship team on today. Amen, amen. I want to welcome you to our remnant church. And those of you that are watching over our YouTube and uh, Facebook Live, I want to say welcome. Um, My name is Pastor Chandler, just uh, associate pastor here at Remnant Church. I thank God for our pastors, Pastor Anthony, Pastor Ashley. Let's give them a round of applause. For their leadership and direction, and, and just allowing me this time to uh, just give you what God has given me, Amen. 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 Want you look to your neighbor and say, "What are you expecting?" Look at another neighbor and say, "What are you expecting?" That's the central uh, question I want to ask you on today, Amen. Amen. Last Sunday, our women talked about that they asked God a question. I wasn't in here to hear, but I could only imagine what they were talking about, the the question that they asked God. And so as I was praying, as I was seeking God all week, and and God, what do you want me to say to your people? And, And God just simply said, what are you expecting? Oh, that should get down in your spirit. What are you expecting? Amen, amen, and God began to take me through, and and we're going to walk this out, and and those of you that have your Bibles, i got a couple of scriptures we're going to read, but I want to start out by saying that expectation is a strong belief that something will happen, that something's going to happen. I'm in expectation that something is going to happen. I want you to keep that in your spirit, keep that in your mind. What are you expecting? What are you believing God to do? Not just on today, maybe tomorrow, maybe this month, maybe next week. But what is it that you have laid before God that you need him to do? And in this season of my life, you know, I, I just turned 40 last week. And, you know, and growing up I was like, man, 35 is old. And, and now that I hit 40, I'm like, man, 40's not that old. 40's not old at all. But I keep hearing God always ringing in my ear. God keeps telling me God does not make. Mistakes. I don't know who needs to hear that in here on today or who's watching that on, on Facebook or YouTube live. God does not make mistakes. These last couple of months, some things have happened in my personal life, some things have happened in my job. And you know, I could have been bitter, I could have been angry, I could have just thrown up my, my hands and walked away. But God keeps reminding me, He says, David, I do not make mistakes. Even though it's hard, even though it hurts, it hurts. deep right down inside, God keeps telling me, I do not make mistakes. And then he comes back and reminds me, and says, what are you expecting me to do? What are you expecting? What are you expecting from me? And if you paid attention to pastor last week, as pastor was getting up to speak, as he was call- closing out service, he said, this is our year, Remnant, of what? Jubilee, somebody was listening. All right, come on now. This is our year of jubilee, meaning that we're getting ready to praise God because God's getting ready to do some things that we were expecting him. Come on now. So what are you expecting from God? For those of you that are just watching or those of you who are joining us, this is our seventh year of ministry. Seventh year of ministry. And so seven is significant. That is a sign of completion. So this is our year of jubilee, pastor. That the things that we've been praying to God about, the things that we've been laying out to God, God's saying, I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. I'm getting ready to give it and show it right before your eyes. Why? So this could be a year of jubilee. What are you expecting? What are you expecting from God? I hear God saying, there is nothing too hard for me. So I want to paint a picture for you. I want you just to close your eyes. Close your eyes. I'm going to say some things to you. Now, I, 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 I'm probably going to get a, a response from you. Some hot water cornbread. Some steak. Some chicken. Roasted vegetables. Some hot water cornbread. Some rolls. Some barbecue chicken. Some ribs. For our seafood lovers, crab legs, shrimp, butter sauce, scallops, pasta. Now open your eyes. So Tanisha said, where's it at? Why? Because she's expecting to eat it. And so as, as I was studying this, I began to look up what happens in your own body when you are what expecting something. So in your mouth, your mouth should have started to water. Why? Because when you're expecting, your body automatically secretes secretions in your mouth, saliva that's going to break down what? What you are expecting. So as we're expecting something for God, our body, our spirit is going to begin to line up with what God is already saying. Come on now, somebody. So as we get ready to eat, They say we should start thinking about what are we eating? What are we getting ready to eat? Why? Because that begins to secrete uh, chemicals in our body to break down what we're getting ready to eat. I'll go back to the question. What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting God to do? And then even as a woman is pregnant, as she's expecting, about to give birth to what God has placed down in her body, her body starts to go through what? Changes starts to go through changes. I remember when my own wife was pregnant at the months leading up she began to eat some very weird and different things even I started to eat some weird and different things and we both were like why are we eating this why are we eating this why because we are expecting something that was great getting ready to happen and so they say that women go through the nesting phase When they're getting ready to have a baby, they start cleaning up everything. They start giving stuff away. They start getting the house right. So just like we're in that phase, God said we need to be in the nesting phase for what we're getting ready for God to do in our lives. God said there's some areas in our lives that we got to start nesting. We got to start cleaning up. We got to start throwing some stuff away. We got to start pushing some people out of our life. Why? Because God said what I'm getting ready to do in your life, you got to have some area. You got to have some clean room in your life. So many of us are going through the nesting phase. We're saying, well, God, why why is this family member dropping off? God, why is this friend going away? God, why are these coworkers stop talking to me? Why? Because God's saying you need to be in expectation of what I'm getting ready to do. So when you're in expectation, there are some things that that you go through in life. There are some trials, some tribulations. That you go through in life. Why? Because God say, I've got to prune you. Like the song said, refine me, God. Try by the fire. So when, you're, when things go under fire, then everything that's not pure, everything that's not like it, what will rise to the top and you can take it out. So God said, in your expectation, God say, I'm trying to refine you into what I need you to be. Amen. So what are you expecting from God? And so the first thing that I want to point out is that when you're expecting, go with me to uh, Psalms 23, verse 7, uh, the A part of that verse. I think our media team has it. Not. It's okay. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, the A part. And it simply says, I'll paraphrase, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? Amen, so as you're expecting, as you're waiting on God to do what you asked him to do, you've got to start thinking it. you got to start thinking it. Joyce Meyer, many years, ago, many years ago, wrote a book called Battlefield of the Mind. Battlefield of the Mind it was, a, it was a number one bestseller. It sold millions of copies. Why? Because she learned that if you can just think it, Come on now, somebody. If you can just think it, that's half the battle. What is one of the cheap names of Satan? He says he is an accuser of the brethren, meaning that he's coming to you day and night, trying to accuse you, trying to say things in your ears, trying to put things in your mind, say that you can't do that, you can't do this. But what? As he thinketh, so is he. So you gotta begin to think that God can do it. You got to begin to think that God can do it. I remember my wife gave the testimony last week that as we were waiting 10 years, 10 years for our child, 10 years for our child, we thought we, were, we could have a child. We went to every doctor. We spent thousands of dollars going here and going there and going here and going there only for people to tell us that we could not have children. But I still kept in my mind. I expected God to bless me. Why? Because God promised me that he would bless us with a child. But everywhere I went was discouragement. Everywhere I went, people told me I wasn't going to happen. Everywhere I went, people said this and said that and said this and said that. And So just like my wife said, after one year, we're like, okay, God, it's going to be okay. After two years, after three years, okay, God, it's going to be okay. But then what began to happen? Doubt began to set in. When we got to year seven, doubt began to set in. Year eight, anger began to set in. Year nine, bitterness began to set in. But we still expected God to do what he promised us. Still in the back of my mind, I still knew. I still thought, God, I know that that child is coming. I know that you're going to bless him with that child. So like it says in Proverbs 23 and 7, so as he thinketh, so is he. So you got to begin to get in your mind. You got to begin to get in your mind. God, I know that I'm setting this before you. God, I know you said you're going to save my children. God, I know you said you're going to save my husband. God, I know you said you're going to save my family members. God, it's all before you. Well, God, I prayed that three years ago. God, I prayed it four years ago. God, I don't see it happening. But what did I say at the beginning? God doesn't make mistakes, He doesn't make a mistake. And so we have to really get into the mind of God. And so when many times we are defeated before we even start. Before we even start, it's about what do we think? What do you think? And so many times we have people in our ears that really shouldn't be there. We're listening to the wrong things. We're listening to the wrong family members. Sometimes we gotta shut the door on even our own family members. Sometimes we, got, we gotta do a Facebook uh, blackout, get off of Facebook, get off of social media, get out of media altogether and do what? Steal away and get to God. Get to God. Because we have so many influences coming into our ears, coming into our mind, coming into our atmosphere. God say, I need you to nest and get those people out of you. So I can talk to you. So I can talk to you. And when we have been promised something by God, we are expecting God to do something. We cannot outthink God. We cannot outthink God. Let's look at the story of Abraham. The story of Abraham, if you're taking notes, the story of Abraham takes place in Genesis chapter 18 uh, through 21. And so simply the story of Abraham or Abram at the time, you know, his name was Abram and then was changed to Abraham. And so the angel came to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you and your wife, Sarah, with a child. So now what was Abraham? Abraham was expecting a child. But what happened? They began to question God. How many times have we done that? God came and spoke that and dropped that in your spirit. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. But God, we're old. But God, I don't have the credit score for that. God, I don't have the right education for that. God, I, don't even, I can't even imagine getting on that job right now. But God said, is there anything too hard for me? And so what did Sarah do? Sarah laughed at God she laughed at God and the angel came back and said did you laugh and and Sarah had to recant herself and said no I did not laugh but they were expecting God to do a miracle but then what what happened self got in the way I think many times we we get in the way of God, and many times we keep going in circles, and God's saying your blessing was right there, you just passed it, but you're in self, so you got to keep going in circles to get back to the blessing. But if you would have just moved out the way, I would have blessed you. So Sarah, in her own thinking, back to the mind, in her own thinking, said, Abraham, go lay with our maidservant so that you can have our child. How many times have we defiled the blessing that God's getting ready to bring us? We put our own hands in it, and we defiled it, and we messed it up. And God said, now i got to make it all over again. So now you've got to go another five years before I bless you again. Why? Because you put your hand in it, and you messed it up. It hurts. It hurts. So Abraham went and laid with his maidservant, and she bore him a child. But then the angels said, that's not what I promised you. Remember, I said what? God does not do what? God doesn't make a mistake. And it says in the Bible, God is not a man that he should lie. So if he promised you it, Mother McEwen, God has to perform it. And not only does he have to perform it, thank you, Holy Ghost, but he said he has to perform it exactly the way that he said he's going to perform it. So what was the promise that was given to Abraham and his wife? Abraham and his wife would conceive a child, what, together. So many times God has promised us something. We're expecting something from God. And we see it over here. Why? Because Satan is a deceiver. So Satan will show us something that looks like what God's getting ready to give us, but that's not it. And we run over that way because we think that's where God is, because we've defiled it and we're not in the right standing with God and we can't he- see our, the mind of God. And so we go running after a false thing that we think God has promised us and God's saying, I'm not even there, I'm way over here but I'm going to allow you to go over there and chase that, but my grace and mercy is still got your blessing right over here so that even after you go through that, God said, I'm going to bring you over here to this blessing. Come on now, somebody. So even after Abraham had laid with his maidservant and she bore him a child, the angel came back and said, that's still not it. That's still not it. So then he went and laid with Sarah and she bore him what a child. She bore him a child. So God is simply saying that what I promised you, no matter how outrageous you think it might be. God's saying I've got to perform it exactly how I said I'm going to perform it. Pastor Anthony, God saying that the people are looking at us and they're saying, oh, he can't buy that land. But God saying I'm getting ready to perform it exactly how I said I'm going to perform it. God has promised that every chair in this building would be filled. That every chair that's back there stacked up against the wall would be filled. And you may not see it now, but God said, I've got to perform it exactly how I said I'm going to perform it. So God's will has to be done. I am so thankful that God's grace and mercy, even when we defile it, even when we try to put our own spin on it, God is so gracious and saying, I still got it right here for you. But what do we have to do? My point, point number one, in expectation, you've got to do what? You've got to believe God. You've got to believe God. It says the Bible just takes a mustard seed of faith. A mustard seed of faith. A mustard seed conf- really fit on the tip of your finger, even on the tip of your finger, you probably wouldn't even be able to see a mustard seed. And it takes all of that, just a mustard seed of faith to believe. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, without faith it is impossible to do what? Please God. So in order to please God, we have to have faith. We've got to have faith that God is going to bring it to pass, Brother Ward. That God is going to bring it to pass exactly how He said He was going to do it. And then in Isaiah 55 verse 8 it says, "My thoughts are not your thoughts; neither are my ways your ways." So in the ways, Brother Ruffin, that God has promised us, we're not even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even thinking that way. Yeah. We're thinking on something so small. But God said, "Expand your thinking. Expand your thinking." God said, "I'm trying to expand you. Expand your thinking." Go back to the question, what are you expecting from God? What are you so crazy to thank God for that he's getting ready to do? Some people say, oh, oh that uncle of yours, oh, that father of yours, oh, they strung out on drugs. They on alcohol. The God can't save them. God said, "It's there nothing too hard for me? What are you expecting from God? So the thoughts and, and what God has for us way surpass anything that you could ever think. Starts in the mind. Starts in the mind. Point two, in expectation, you've got to seek God. You've got to seek God. I remember when I first got saved when I, when I was young. I, I, was, I think I was 14, 14 years old, 14, 15 years old when I, when I got saved. And, they, and they, would, they would always bring me to the altar. And they would lay me on the altar and say, seek God. You've got to seek God. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Why? Because I needed God. I needed God. So when we're in expectation, we've got to really begin to get on our face before God and say, God, if you don't do it, it can't be done. God, I lay this before you right now. God, God, I have faith in you right now. God, God, I need you right now. You've got to begin to seek God in expectation. No matter how crazy or how large it seems, you've got to seek God. Why? Why? Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, God is a rewarder of those that what? Diligently seek them. Diligently seek him. Why? Because those that diligently seek him lay before him. And when I lay before him, I begin to know the mind of God. So if I begin to know the mind of God, that, that the decor that the Satanist has over here, I won't even go for it. But many of us aren't seeking God, so that decor that Satan throws up before us, we think that that's the real thing. So Satan is banking on us not seeking God. He's banking on us not seeking God. And you know, in this day and age, we, we say that we're too busy to do this, too busy to do that. And my eyes open, and, and I tell people at my job, I tell, tell my brothers, I, you know, they say, well, I didn't have time to call you. I said, well, you have time to do what you want to do. You have time to do what you want to do. You got 24 hours in a day. If you want to call somebody, pick up the phone and call them. You want to do this or do that, you find time to do everything else. So when we say, I don't have time to seek God or I don't have time to lay before you, God, you have time to do everything else. You have time to do everything else. But God said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. And what happens when I find God? When I find God, I then begin to build a relationship with God. When I build a relationship with God, I begin to know the mind of God. When I begin to know the mind of God, I begin to see the places that God's getting ready to take me. Come on now, somebody. So this is all about what I'm in expectation to do. And I like what Sister Kyra said, that the refining part is not easy. It doesn't, it doesn't feel well. But it's necessary. And so when I seek God, God begins to show me myself, Sister Ruffin. God begins to show me myself and begins to show me some things I need to change in my own life. And I begin to ask God, well, God, I'm in the expectation of this. God, I know you promised this, but God keeps saying you're not ready for it yet. God's saying get back on the altar. Get back on the altar. There's still some things that I need, I need to refine in you. There's still some things that I need to burn out of you. But God, I've been on the altar for this many months. God, I've been on the altar for this many years. But God said, I want to commune more with you. So you got to seek God. And I want to take you to the story of Hannah. So Hannah was pregnant with a child, Samuel. And her story can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And so she laid in the, in the, in the temple for, for days, praying before God, praying before God, praying before God. Why? She was in expectation. She wanted to birth a child. She wanted to birth a child, but what was she doing? She was in expectation. She laid her, her request before God, but what did she do? She stayed in the temple. Meaning she stayed in the presence of God. Why? Because she knew that was the only person that could grant her request. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter chapter 1 verse 16. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 16. Well, I'll start at verse 12. It says, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but no, her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul. Catch this to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. So she laid her trouble, she laid her petition, why? Before God. And even the outside world looked at her as being what? Crazy. Crazy. And so many things that we're asking God to do, many things we're laying before God, the world's going to look at us and say, you're crazy for thinking that. You're crazy for wanting that. But what did she say? No, I'm putting it all before God on the altar. It says, I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. So how far are you willing to go to get to what you're expecting from God? How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to lay it all on the altar? Are you willing to take hours and lay before God? Are you willing to have enough faith in God that God, if it doesn't do it this month, God, if it didn't do it that month, God, if it doesn't happen this year, God, I'm still going to lay before you. And I think about my own self. Ten years. Ten years. People told us to give up family members said, well, it's okay, go adopt a child and go do this and go do that. I said, no, God promised me. God promised me a child. So I'm not going to give up. And so what do I keep doing? I kept laying before God. I kept laying that petition before God. God, you promised me. God, I'm laying this before you. God, you promised me. God, you promised me. And so in your expectation, You've got to seek God. You've got to seek him. You've got to seek him. Why? Because God wants to see how bad do you really want it? How bad do you really want it? And and you're thinking, well, God, what are you going to do? God is all powerful. God is all powerful. And what I've been teaching the young people, that the word of God is so powerful. There is so much power in our words. That when God spoke, let there be light, there was light. Let there be land, there was land. Everything had to, else had to line up. All God had to do was speak a word. And so what you're expecting from God, God all simply has to do is speak a word. But if we're not ready, God's not going to speak that word. God wants to see how bad do you want it? How long are you going to lay before me? How long are you going to, are you going to refine yourself to do what God has you to do? So Hannah laid before God in the temple day and night, night and day praying to God for that child. And then she eventually gave birth to that child. And then my last point, in expectation. You must praise God. Don't let de- the devil steal your joy. Don't let him steal your joy because when it doesn't happen that month, when it doesn't happen that year, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, you, you can begin to shut up and not praise God. Why? Because bitterness can set in. Anger can set in. But God say, if you praise me, It's going to come to pass. So, Psalms 22, verse 3, simply paraphrases, says, God inhabits the what? Praises of his people. So, God literally comes down in your praising, and he begins to commune with you. He begins to commune with you. And you begin to learn more and more about God. So, on today, Remnant, God is at, wants to ask you the question, what are you expecting? What are you expecting from him? What are you expecting from him? Are you expecting a new job? Are you expecting a a, a mate? Are you expecting that new house? Are you expecting a deeper walk with him? God simply wants you to ask the question, what are you expecting from God? So we got to praise God even through the midst of everything. Even through the midst of everything, I think about Paul and Silas when they were in jail. They were expecting to get out. But what did they do? They could have sat down. They could have wallowed in being in jail. They could have just started twirling their thumbs. But what did they do? It says what? At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And there's something symbolic about midnight. That's the darkest hour of the night. That is the darkest point at which you're at. So what did they do? They praised God. They praise God. Go for me to Galatians. Go for me to Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. We're just about done. Galatians 6 verse 9. And it says, let us not be weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if what? We do not give up. Or if we do not faint, faint means to give out, to pass out. So what's going to happen now in your darkest moment, in, your, in the time when you least expect it? God's saying, I'm getting ready to give you a harvest if you faint not, Mother McEwen. I've been praying about this for years. I've been praying about this for months, for days. But God saying, just at the point when you're about to give up and, and let go of the rope, Mother, uh, Mother Norva, God's saying, I'm getting ready to give it to you. I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. When the church, God said, I'm getting ready to bring some things to pass. I'm getting ready to show you some things that you've been praying about. I'm getting ready to bring it to pass. Why? Because you are now in expectation of that. But just like a woman getting ready to give birth, you have to practice your breathing. You got to practice your thinking. You got to get, get your go bag ready. So that, so that when God says go, Sister Kia, you're ready to go. When God says go, you're ready to pick up and move. You don't have to look behind you and say, well, let me go get this. Let me go get that. God said you're in expectation. Yeah. And so when you're in expectation, you got to be ready to go. It's like the woman when that water breaks, she has that go bag right by the door. Oh, when that water breaks, I got to go. So God is saying, what you are in expectation to is getting ready to come to pass, but you've got to be ready. You've got to be willing and able to go. And so as you're going, what are we doing? We are praising God for what you're getting ready to do. Why? What's another reason we need to praise God? Because that lets the enemy know that I'm praising God and that lets him know he's defeated. See, praise confuses the enemy. Why? Because he's trying to bring everything to you. All these trials and tribulations, but Satan's looking at you and said, I throw my best darts at him, but that still can't stop him. I took everything away from him. I took everything away from him. But they still continue to praise God. Why? Because you are in expectation. Just like Job, lost everything, lost everything. But he was in expectation that God was going to heal his body, lost his friends, lost even his family. But what he was in expectation that God was going to bless him. How many of you are in expectation of God? Stand to your feet right now. How many of you are in expectation that you got something that God's getting ready to do for you? Come on, put your hands together right now. If God is getting ready to do something in your life and you are expecting it right now, I want you just to begin to praise God for it. I want you to begin to praise God for what what he's getting ready to do. Those of you like myself got our children on the altar. Those of you that are out there saying, God, I'm in expectation of a mate. God, I'm in expectation of this new house. God, I'm in expectation that you're going to bring it to pass. I'll ask you the question again. What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from God? Brother Kenneth, if you can get those cards for me, and as I, was, as I was studying this, God gave me this to do. Brother Kenneth has cards and pens. If you have a pen, you can use your own pen. God simply wants you to write down what you are in expectation of. And we're going to put a basket here in the front, and on Wednesday when we come to pray, God's saying, God's saying, I'm going to get ready to bring it to Pass Remnant Church. It could be one thing, it could be ten things, it could be seven things. God say, what are you expecting from me? I heard a saying, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So you got to put your petition, make your petition known unto God. And you're saying, well, God, I, I, I really don't know if you can do this. God said, I don't make mistakes, and is there anything too hard for me? So no matter what it is, young young people, you can write down too. What are you expecting for God to do? Are you expecting to make straight A's? Are you expecting to get into college? Whatever you're expecting God to do, God wants everybody in the house to write it down. I want you to write down. Write down what are you in expectation of? And then as, as, and I hear God saying, and when he starts bringing it to pass, I want you to tell Pastor Anthony and Pastor Ashley, because these are going to be testimonies, Pastor Ashley and Anthony, of what God is doing. Of what God is doing. Because God said, I'm getting ready to show you right before your eyes. This is our year of jubilee, Pastor Anthony. This is our year of rejoice. We've been walking and walking and walking for seven years now. And God said, I'm getting ready to bring it to pass that these walls and barriers that you have in your life, God said, I'm getting ready to destroy them, not just break them, that they may be put back together, but God said, I'm literally going to destroy those areas in your life. I'm literally going to destroy them. So what what are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from God? And as you write it, just fold it up. We're not going to look at them. That's between you and God. That's between you and God. We won't look at them. The only thing we're going to do, we're going to put them in this basket. We're going to seal them in an envelope. And every time that we pray, be it 6 a.m. morning prayer, be it corporate prayer in person, we are going to pray over these uh, expectations. Because we believe that God is going to do it. He's going to do it. One of my expectations is that all our youth in Remnant Church will be saved, amen? And not only that they will be saved, but they will begin to work for God even at a young age, Sister Chanel. I hear God say that we're even going to have to have a separate service because our young people are going to outnumber. That we're going to have to have a separate service because there's going to be so many young people coming. Oh, you're saying, but Brother Chandler, they're so young right now, that's my expectation. So my request is going to be made known unto God. Another verse in the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. Amen? And so if you're finished writing yours down, just fold it up and, and, and walk it on down. If you can't walk, just hold it up and we'll have someone come and get it. Brother Kenneth, give our, uh, our young men in the, in the um, media center, they need a card too. Every person, every person that can write, every young person, you should have an expectation of what you want God to do. What you want God to do. God's saying it's high time that we stop living in a defeated mentality, a defeated atmosphere. God's saying, I can do anything. I don't make mistakes. I can do anything but fail. So as Christians, we got to start living above that. We got to start thinking and knowing that, God, you can do it. So as you're finishing them, just, just fold them in half and bring and put them in the basket. And we're going to pray over them this morning. like I said, every time that we pray, 6 a.m. morning prayer, corporate prayer, we're going to be praying over these expectations. Because God is not a man that he should lie. And that he's going to bring this to pass. Like I said, when, it, when God starts bringing it to pass, Remnant Church, we tell our pastors so that you can give your Testimony. We're all standing. We're all standing. And I'm going to open the altar right now. If you are in the audience and you don't know God as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to open the altar up to you. If you need it, just a deeper walk with God, The altar is open for you.